Hello, and welcome to the Still To Be Determined podcast, the podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I am Sean Farrell. I am not Matt Farrell, but with <laughs> me is Matt Farrell. Hello, everybody. There's always an awkward pause when I introduce you. Yes, there is. It's a little unnerving. It's our, th- it's our thing now, Sean. That is our thing. Awkward is our thing. <laughs> we should be buried next to each other and our tombstones should both say awkward is our thing. <laughs> we excel at awkward. Yeah. My tombstone could say, I'm not Matt Farrell. And yours could Mine say, dot, say dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I am. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about Matthew's most recent video, which was the Ecobee Smart Thermostat Review four years later. That is not to imply that Matthew hasn't talked about his Ecobee in four years. Yeah. His previous review of it was four years ago. How is that even possible? How did you no, review, I didn't it review four, it four years, years ago? ago. <laughs> I've, I've talked about it in previous videos on my smart home and what I use. You've owned one so for four years. I've owned one for four years. I have talked about it before, yes. Okay, that explains it. Yes. I'm suddenly putting words in your mouth. As you'll all remember, <laughs> in Matthew's previous video, four years ago. <laughs> so when I came to this video, my first thought was, oh, this is going to be fairly cut and dry. It's going to be a review of a product. I mean, one of the things I think that is a strength, I would like to think it's a strength. And if any listeners disagree with me, Please don't tell me. (laughs) I would like to think it's a strength that I come to a lot of our conversations without a hand in using a lot of the, the things you're talking about. I don't own a car. I don't own my own home. So I don't invest into smart tech in the home in the way that you do. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of experience with these products. So I really do come to it from a perspective of, I am i don't know what this is about, so maybe you can tell me about it. I think that's a strength of our conversations. Yeah. Coming to this one, I thought, I don't know what we'll talk about because it's a review of, a, of what seemed like a product that was very kind of static. Like, it's a thermostat. Yeah. But then after watching the video and seeing how expansive the array of features around this product are... But then more that seeing the conversations that were breaking out in your comment section, I realized, oh, there there is a good amount to talk about. So let's just start off by jumping into the comments. One of the first ones that caught my eye was from Deb Dutta, who simply wrote, everyone, one plus eight pro. Matt, it could be. <laughs> to which you replied, when they zig, I zag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can you go a little deeper into what Deb is referring to? What is the OnePlus 8 Pro? The OnePlus Pro is actually a, a smartphone. And it came out like basically the day I was releasing this video. So every tech YouTuber that's out there was putting out videos about this latest, greatest smartphone and what they thought about it. And then here I come. Hey, let's talk about a product I got four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So it was one of those, my finger on the pulse of what 
everybody in the world's talking about right now in the tech community. It's good to have vision. Yes. Yes. There was another comment, but was actually my experience, which was I have a programmable thermostat. I don't know how to program it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's either <laughs> manual adjustments or you just pick the one setting and run with it. What I found when I was doing a little extra research beyond just my personal experience was that the vast majority of people uh, just don't do what you do. It's like it's, yeah. you have a programmable thermostat. You either don't understand how to set it up or you set it up incorrectly the first time and just let it go. Let, mm -hmm. let it rip. Like you just set a temperature and just leave it, which yeah. is makes your home comfortable, but it's not an efficient use of energy. It's not going to save you money. It's going to, you're actually kind of literally burning money. Yeah. If you're heating your home, uh, it's just, that's what most people do. It's the easy path. Yeah. Well, the good news for, for me is we're not burning money because no matter what we set it at, our apartment is cold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in our experience, you set it to what theoretically sounds like a good temperature, which you would think 72 would be not only warm, but kind of toasty. Right. It's not because our thermostat is located immediately outside of our kitchen and the kitchen oh, yeah. Yeah. is located in the middle of the floor plan of the apartment. So yeah. it is insulated on every side except for having one window. As a result, the kitchen is always consistently the warmest room in the house. And because you cook in it, it sometimes jacks the heat up tremendously. Right. So our thermostat and our kitchen think it's 72. Every other room in the house thinks it's 60 degrees. <laughs> Unless we you're were, in your son's room, which has is above the boiler, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you could rise dough <laughs> in my son's room. But every other room, you could leave um, dairy products out, and they would not melt. So I remember the, it's, I remember the the first time I walked into your son's room. I remember thinking, "Oh my god, I think I'm walking into a sweat lodge." <laughs> yeah, the first time that when we moved into this apartment, when I walked into my son's room in the winter and was standing there talking to him, and suddenly thought, "Why are my feet warm?" And it the warm. <laughs> warm floor was radiating and it's a hardwood floor. So it feels very cozy and it's a little unnerving. It's a little bit like the seat warmers in a car. The first time you have that experience and you think, did I just wet myself? <laughs> Why does it feel like a pedal puddle of cozy? Well, your, your experience though, with your, the thermostats tend to be in the central location of the house. That's like yeah. the worst location for a thermostat to yeah. be guiding the temperature for your entire home, which is why systems like these smart thermostats that you can add remote sensors that are battery driven anywhere you need them, it helps you take the temperature readings from where people actually are, not in the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> in the middle my, of home. <laughs> my home is actually would be perfect for what you are describing with this product. If I had the ability to take out the thermostat and right. replace it with one of these, um, I probably would because I'd be able to have thermostats downstairs in the basement and we tend to spend most of our time even during the day, especially now during you know the current isolation period where we're both working from home and we're spending a good amount of time in the basement, which is our living room. And so 
that room is always consistently far, far colder than Mm -hmm. everywhere else. So if we had the ability to have automatic heat adjustment so that it was warming the basement and ignoring what the kitchen thinks it is, um, there are times where the thermostat here after I'm done cooking something, baking something, especially if I'm baking something, it's 80 degrees. It's going to be hours before that heat dissipates enough for the other rooms to actually get any heat. And you can actually hear the heat. We have an old boiler. You know, it's very cantankerous and it sounds very much like a haunted pirate ship at night. You can hear the heat cooling down during the day, even though we're out and about in the home and moving from cold room to cold room. You can hear the heat getting colder. You can hear the heaters getting colder. And then as soon as the kitchen hits that ambient temperature and the heat clicks back on, it'll only click on for a few minutes because the, it doesn't take long for the heat to readjust in the kitchen again to a good temperature. That's the one thing about the Ecobee that I think some people doesn't click for them is that the Ecobee doesn't solve the temperature differential between the hottest part of your house and the coldest part of your house is just shifting where the temperature reading is being taken from. So if you're in the cold part of the house, it's going to be taking the temperature reading from that area and making that area comfortable, which means the hotter part of the house is going to get hotter. (laughs) If you got, if you cranked up the heat in this apartment to the point where it was comfortable in our basement, this kitchen would probably be 85 degrees. So one of the comments on the video was great review, Matt, very informative. And this video pulls me closer to buying one. Although this wasn't an installation video, did you have to install the C wire on the main unit? That's what has me undecided. That's the thing that kept me from getting a smart thermostat for a very long time. Cause I wanted to get, I remember when the nest first came out, I wanted to get one of those, but couldn't cause I didn't have what's called a C wire, which is basically the power because these require, you know, like 12 volts or 18 volts of power. And older homes the the connection between the thermostat and the furnace is not providing that kind of power and that's why thermostats typically run off of like a double a battery or something like that because they have to provide their own power so because of that i couldn't get one so the only way i was able to get one was i ended up having an electrician wire a brand new run a brand new line that provided all of the modern wiring that's required to provide the power i needed and then there are also with the EKB comes a little adapter kit that you can actually kind of like <laughs> it can fake it because at the furnace what it does it ends up sending power down the older lines in a way that the EKB then can take advantage of and it's not 100% it's kind of weird the way it works because it's it's not constant power it's it's actually pulsing the system on and off to provide power it's really weird the way it does it and I wasn't comfortable with that, so I didn't go that route. But you can go that route if you wanted to. But it does make it more complicated if you live in an older home. In the same vein, there was a question about the geofencing. Mm-hmm. This one was from Ronnie the Bear who wrote, does geofencing require location to be turned on for your phone? Can it be based on on if a phone is on the Wi-Fi network or some similar alternative? When he brought that up, I was like, I wonder why they don't do that. Because that seems like... <laughs> The smartest approach. Yeah, because because if you're going to be using, if you're using the phone as the location device anyway, why not go with the one that gives the most privacy? Exactly. It's it's privacy centric. It would never be phoning home to a server somewhere because it's only within your house. It's like, I liked that 
a solution, but that's not how these work. You have to have the app is a, running in the background and it has to tap into the Android or iPhone backend services for location services. You can't do it with the detection on Wi-Fi. That almost feels like something that should be given as feedback to the company. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't understand why, why they don't do it that way because this the way it works is probably the easiest path for them because it's built into the phones. Sure. They don't have to do anything crazy special. And there may be an aspect I'm not thinking about that would make it more reliable than doing the Wi-Fi detection. Because like if your phone didn't connect the Wi-Fi right away or correctly mm-hmm. and they didn't talk to each other correctly on the network, it's like that could create problems. They would have to troubleshoot. That could be hard. I'm just thinking about the software development side of it. And it it, it could be more difficult to actually do it that way, but it seems doable. <laughs> right. And I, I like the approach. This comment from AW Mustang 420, which is one of those usernames that when you read it doesn't seem that long, but when you try and say it out loud, you suddenly realize, wow, this is a lot of words. <laughs> AW Mustang 420 says, I've had an Ecobee for four to five years now. I've actually had it in two different houses as I moved it with me. A few of the frustrations I've run into is that the averaging also works across comfort settings if you are close to switching over. For instance, my home setting uses just the first floor sensors and the sleep uses just the second floor bedroom. The bedroom tends to run cool in the winter, which is fine because we prefer a cool room for sleeping. So home is set to 66 and sleep is set to 62. About 15 to 20 minutes before switching over to sleep, the average temp starts dropping as it's including the lower temp bedroom, usually 64 degrees. So now I'm downstairs with the heat cranking away, making the downstairs warmer than I wanted. And the bedroom is heating up, even though it's already warmer than what it will be set to shortly. I've come up with a workaround of adding an extra comfort setting that includes the downstairs and the bedroom and is set to 63. This effectively makes sure that the furnace doesn't come on right before bed. One thing I wanted to note about your occupancy con is that while the interface only shows black and white, occupied or unoccupied, behind the scenes, it's supposed to be using a weighted average based on the amount of activity it senses. So in theory, if you just walk past a sensor, it would be triggered, but it wouldn't have equal weight in the average as the rooms with more activity. There's no real way to test this that I've figured out, but I'm hoping it works as advertised. Overall, I'm very happy with the be and would buy it again. I haven't experienced that exact issue he's describing where like 15 minutes before it's about to switch, it does something a little weird. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that personally, but I, I think I understand why it's doing it. Um, and his point about waiting of the, the motion, I didn't bring that up in the video because it would have been, as he pointed out, it's like there's really no way to test or show how it's doing that because it's a black box. But he's correct that it is doing weighted averages. It's not a straight average. Mm-hmm. When I walk in my video, I walk through the kitchen and I talk about how suddenly it becomes occupied and it does end up getting weighted, but it's not added in as a full weight against the other rooms because it's only a modest amount of movement it's detecting. So, but it does affect the averaging, which right. in my opinion is like the wrong way to do it, but I understand why they're doing it that way. But because it's all these crazy weighted averages in the background, it makes it really hard to kind of prove and show exactly how it's doing it. But like most programmable thermostats now, including the Ecobee, they do these things where it learns the effectiveness and the, of, your, of the efficiency of your HVAC system. So mm-hmm. it knows how long it takes your 
system to reach a specific temperature. So what that means is if you say, I want it to be 70 degrees at six o'clock in the morning, and it says, I know if it's 65, it's going to take 20 minutes to get there. It will actually start heating your house at 540 or whatever it was. You know, it it takes 20 minutes off of the time, whatever you set to ramp it up so that by the time that time hits, it's close to that temperature. Um, Most programmable thermostats today do that. Smart thermostats do that too. So that may be what's screwing up his between comfort setting things. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's, it's doing some crazy weighted average stuff and it's misinterpreting something and it's trying to take advantage of the, his efficiency of his home to hit a certain temperature by a time frame because it knows there's a comfort setting switch coming. Right. But it, the way it's doing it doesn't make sense. So I understand why he's doing what he's doing. It's, it's kind of a clever workaround, but he shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. That's, that's frustrating. Another comment was from Jerry Carrada, who wrote, nice review. I have two Ecobees, one for each floor. That's where I stopped with the comment because I was wondering, how uh-huh. would you have one for each floor? How would that work? He has a multi-zone system. Okay. So you basically have two furnaces or two air conditioners. and Bigger homes tend to do this where you may have two, three, or sometimes even four systems and you need basically central brains for each one because the upstairs would be independent of the downstairs. There was also a nice compliment from Big Car, who has written in before, who wrote, nice comedy moment at the start. And I wanted (laughs) to say also, I enjoyed that very much. I, I thought it was a well done intro. And I was curious about the filming of that. How much of that was you by yourself setting up a tripod and how much of it was you enlisting your wife to be a camera person? (laughs) It was the majority was just me by myself using tripods and being a fool around my house. The Mm -hmm. one where I needed uh, Sue, who's my wife, to help me was the lawnmower scene. It's like I needed her to pull that off. And we ended up using our dog tether to to pull the lawnmower around. So my wife was dragging the lawnmower around and I was filming it. You know, you could be really cruel and come up with really embarrassing things and ask her to do them and just tell her you're filming things, but don't film them. <laughs> because I having told her, her in the backyard we, we, with a rope tied to your lawnmower, <laughs> just wondering what the neighbors would think. or Or get her to do the chores I don't want to do. And tell yeah. her that it has to be done this way for the for the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to wash these dishes. No, I need you to scrub harder. Scrub. <laughs> there were a couple of comments that were paired right next to each other, which I thought were the perfect ex- uh, illustration of what you're trying to do with your YouTube channel. Mike 2.0 wrote, great review. Helped me decide that I don't need anything like this. <laughs> and next to it was David McCarthy who wrote, Thanks for the review. I've been on the fence about getting this, but it sounds like the way to go for us. <laughs> That's actually that that is the point of my channel, it's which is perfect. It's I, like I don't two care guys if you don't want to get fence, it. Two guys on the fence, and <laughs> yeah. one of them falls under the yes, and one of them falls under the no. So, yep. congratulations. Yep. There was also a comment about something that I know you are familiar with, which, uh. Somebody asked about your thoughts about the Eco Plus. Yes. So I'll just use that as my opening of the door and you <laughs> now can run through it and tell us all about yeah. Eco Plus. 
yeah, I didn't bring this up in the video and I, sh I really should have. So I kind of dropped the ball on that. But Eco Plus is something that they announced. At the That's end of why last I gave year. this video a thumbs down, by the way. Yeah, I, f I figured you were the person that gave the thumbs down to it. Um, but the Eco Plus is, this is one of the reasons I, I love things like smart thermostats and things like my Tesla because it's all software based so they can keep improving and adding new features over time. And this is one of those things. It's basically the Eco Plus is like on a slider of like one to five. You basically just, you basically tell it how eco-friendly you want the system to be and it will take control of everything and it will start to automatically adjust your temperature settings to hit your level of eco-consciousness that you want it to do. It will, if you live in an area that has time of use energy rates, which means your energy prices are super cheap overnight, but they're really expensive during the day and they vary, um, it can tap into those systems with your utility and it can adjust your heating and cooling of your home to take advantages of times that are cheaper versus more expensive to help save you money. Um, it can work with the utility during times of peak loads, like in the middle of the summer, uh, you know, everybody has their air conditioning running. If it's super hot out and it can put a burden on the grid, it, it, the utility can then can send a signal to EKB thermostat saying, hey, we need to dial you back a little bit because we're hitting peak load. So you can actually be part of a broader community and helping the grid manage its load. Um, it helps you to lower your carbon footprint. So it's like it's it's it totally adjustable and controllable by you, but they're adding a lot of intelligence that it, like you said in the beginning, where it's like you have a thermostat, you set your temperature and you just kind of like leave it because you don't understand how you work it. This system works the same way. All you do is tell it, here's how eco-conscious I want you to be. And it takes care of the rest. You don't have to think about a thing. It just takes care of it. Um, it's a very clever system. So and, you could set it up and be a jerk. And I don't yeah. mean that just flippantly. You could be like, I'm putting this, this in, in and I yeah. want to be, n I don't just want to be eco-friendly at all. And it would right. just basically be like a programmable thermostat or something closer to what you currently have, which is you set your zones and you have it automated, but it's right. not really thinking in terms of the wider community. Yeah, if you don't take part in this, it works the way I described it in the video. But this is a layer beyond that. And what's interesting is this past summer, um, I took part in a program between Ecobee and my utility, who's Eversource here in Massachusetts. And it was a, it was basically the beginning of this. So I was kind of in a beta testing group between Eversource and Ecobee. And what it was is that during the summer, the peak load when uh, Eversource Eversource would detect, you know, today we're expecting peak load between three and six o'clock. What they would do with my thermostat is they would automatically around like noon, they would crank my air conditioning extra hard to get my house colder than I actually wanted it so that it could ride through those three hours with having my system turned off. And then at six o'clock, my system went back to normal. What kind of notification system would it have so that you would know what was going on so you wouldn't be sitting there yeah. thinking, my, my house is out of control? <laughs> it was, they send you um, on the thermostat itself, it puts a big notice on the screen. So when you walk by it, there's this big white, it's hard to ignore, that says we have a peak thing. Um, if you want to participate, do nothing. If you want to opt out, just cancel, hit the cancel button. Mm -hmm. And then on my phone, I would get text messages. Um, I would get an email that would basically, so they were hitting me up in all the forms of communication that I had given them right. saying we have a peak load coming and they made it super easy to opt out. And even in the middle of it, I could have opted it out at any point. But the reward was if you 
you know, you take part in all this at the end of the summer, we'll give you a gift card. Yeah. And so at the end of the summer, I got like a $75 gift card and actually working from home and being here while it was happening, I can tell you, it really didn't make that much of a difference. By the end of the windows, when this would happen, the house would be a little stuffy, but it was mm -hmm. not like hot. It was right. just a little stuffy because right. the air wasn't moving and it was getting a little more humid, but it was like, if I liked it at 70 degrees, it may have been 74. It was not that bad. Right. And the time would end and my system would come back on. So it was totally doable. And I'm and the Eco Plus system that they launch is basically that plus more. So it's it's a very cool system. Right. I think it's interesting that the phrase peak load sounds like one of those phrases that is like the techno babble that we hear on Star Trek. Yeah to somebody from 100 <laughs> years ago if you could go back in time and talk to somebody in the early 20th century and say i'm worried about your peak load <laughs> their response would be well you're a dirty bird <laughs> and the now the phrase there. you're a dirty bird is <laughs> i mean as we all know that was in common usage back in the early 20th century yeah sure <laughs> one final comment that I wanted to end on because I believe you do have thoughts. I don't recall if you've shared thoughts widely or not. And I bring this up now at the end because it will be easy to edit out if you'd rather not talk about said thoughts. But uh -huh. there was a comment from M3D UK who I think being from the UK probably thinks I'm rather a dirty bird. <laughs> they wrote you can add smart vents from flare or keen that can fix most of your cons with the ecobee <laughs> yeah. you can do room level zoning and it works with the ecobee apparently the apparently <laughs> i think is the biggest clue that m3d uk may not have worked with these smart vents themselves yeah. but i do yeah. believe you have some thoughts about smart vents <laughs> yes i'll leave it to you as to whether or not you share what company they were from oh i'll tell you uh keen smart vents is what i've been trying for the past at this point now i think it's two months and i go through moments of wanting to take them out into my driveway and smash them with a sledgehammer to other moments of being like hey they're pretty good you know, if you're going to smash them with a hammer, you should tell Sue you need that for a video. Yes. <laughs> or have her smash them with a sledgehammer and shoot it in slow motion. Mm -hmm. um, the They do work. I, I, the, the theory of what they're, they're doing actually does work. I have noticed that the temperature readings in all the different rooms of my house are much closer together than they've ever been. So the differential between the coldest room and the hottest room is much narrower now. So yes, they absolutely do what they're supposed to do. Uh, just my personal experience with Keen has been kind of all over the map because they're supposed to work with any Zigbee smart home setup and I'm trying to use it with Hubitat and it runs the batteries in about five days and the batteries are supposed to last one to two years. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I want to smash these suckers and just destroy them all and then but if i use them if i use them with the official keen hub with the keen app on my phone 
the batteries seem to be doing just fine. And that's great, but the control you have over them is much more limited. Right. Um, they're basically open or they're closed, and you really have very little control over how closed they can get. Right. And if you have a system, like I have a two-stage furnace, and when it gets blasting, there's a lot of power there. And when it closes the vents all the way, they whistle. <laughs> so so in the bedroom, when I first set this up, uh, at like 5.30 in the morning, Sue and I woke up with a because <laughs> the vent in the bedroom was closed and the system kicked on at the time it was supposed to kick on. <laughs> so I had to figure out a way to stop that. So it's it's that kind of aspect. It's It's not a straight up, perfect fix it takes some fiddling to get it to work right that's where I, for me it's like a i don't know if i 100 recommend them uh if you have big temperature variations in your house then i would probably say yeah look into them but if right. you don't have huge temperature swings in your house then i would say try to avoid them if you can when you mentioned that they burn through the batteries in about five days and the batteries are supposed to last more than a year <laughs> yes immediately in my head i had a vision of <laughs> The vents very quickly opening and closing constantly. I honestly don't know what they're doing. It's like I feel like this I feel like the habitat is going, Are you still open? Are you still open? And the and, and the fence going, Yeah, I'm still open. You just asked me two seconds. Yes, I'm still open. Stop asking me. Yes, I'm still open. I think that's what's going on is that they're, it's constantly pinging the vents and it's just running the batteries down. So the habitat is just constantly going, hey, you up? Yeah. You up? You, you up? up? You sleep? You up? Hey. That's basically what's happening, I think. And I don't know how to stop it from doing that. Like, click, 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 click. <laughs> so for a video that I approached with, well, it's a review of a thermostat. What can there be to talk about? This is one of our longer podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you to everybody for listening and let us know what you think. There's already been a lot of good discussion in the YouTube comments, but you can reach out to us. Twitter handles still TBD FM or by Sean Farrell for me at Matt Farrell for Matt or at undecided MF for Matt. You can watch the latest videos from undecided with Matt Farrell on YouTube. And you can find the podcast at stilltbd.fm. You can subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else podcasts are available. And please be sure to give us a rating, a review, and share us with your friends. It really does help the podcast. The podcast really does help the channel. The channel really does help Matthew. And then Matthew, well, he helps me. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.